Human nature is insatiably curious. It has an unquenchable thirst to understand things that seem just out of reach. The mind of man can be preoccupied with questions for years, decades, even a lifetime. Never is this truer than the area where the spiritual world crosses into the physical world. Things that go bump in the night, ghostly shapes and figures in the darkness have intrigued throngs of people through the ages. Some people have chased ghosts and hunted vampires all of their lives to prove their existence. They have tried to contact dead relatives and explain paranormal phenomenon to the satisfaction of people around them. There is a world of spiritual manifestation, don't get me wrong. I fully believe that. But I don't believe that it is the echo of past pains reverberating into the present. I don't believe it is the human soul trapped between one world and the next. I believe it is something entirely different. I believe it's the devil. Satan knows the curiosity of man and uses this to distract the human mind from occupying itself with the truth of God and leading it down a path of lies and deceptions. What the human mind perceives to be a ghostly image of a departed grandmother is nothing more than a disguised demon emerging from the unseen spiritual world into the visible physical world. Man is intrigued and follows the specter which is nothing more than a siren leading them down a path of destruction. This is the overarching desire of satanic forces to draw men away from God. That could have easily been the case with the Wesley family while living at the Epworth Rectory. The unusual events that took place in that house could have posed a distraction that led the Wesley family into all kinds of speculations about ghosts and hauntings and supernatural occurrences. It could have led them to live a life of fear, believing that the forces of evil were greater than the power of God. It could have led a faithful family, servants of God, running for their lives and ignoring their calling. But it didn't. I'm Ronnie Brown. And this is Forgotten. Samuel Wesley was a Church of England clergyman. Upon graduation from Corpus Christi College, he was appointed rector or pastor of Epworth, a small parish in North Lincolnshire, England, in 1695. As part of his compensation, he was provided a house to live in. Such houses were known as rectories. This particular one had to be quite spacious, seeing as Samuel and his beloved wife Susanna had in all 19 children during their lifetime. This burgeoning family lived there for many years on a meager pastor's salary. Samuel Wesley was often the focus of attacks due to his strict moral expectations for those in his parish. Their crops were burned and their cattle maimed at different times in his ministry. The wooden thatch roof rectory was also a target being partially burned on different occasions. But in 1709, during a cold February night, the family was awakened to an enormous blaze. After collecting all the children, they made a narrow escape from a house that was quickly being engulfed with flames. While they were safely outside, to their horror, 
they realized they were missing one of their children, five-year-old John. The little boy had the presence of mind to make his way to the first floor window several feet above the ground below. With every second, the fire grew higher and higher. There was no time to fetch a ladder, so the men stood on one another's shoulders in order to reach the child. Someone finally grabbed the child and pulled him through the window just as the roof of the structure gave way and the house crumbled. From then on, Susanna referred to her little John as a brand plucked from the burning, a Bible quotation from Zechariah 3.2. That little John would recall this instance years later as he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ and shook the then-known world with his powerful preaching. God used this John Wesley to be the founder of Methodism and to reach millions with the powerful message of salvation and transformation through belief in Jesus Christ. The family lost everything in the fire. Samuel immediately put in place plans to rebuild the rectory. And although the cost of the rebuilding of the house and the furnishing of it would put him in debt for the rest of his life, the new brick and stone building was completed by December of 1709. Things seemed normal as Samuel served as the pastor there in Epworth and Susanna educated her children at home over the next several years. It was not until December of 1716 that the unusual events began to take place in the Epworth Rectory. It was in the early days of the month that the Wesley children and the house servants began to complain of hearing disturbing groans and mysterious knockings in their rooms. They also said that they had heard footsteps going up and down the stairs late into the night. Samuel Wesley, who had heard no such noises, scolded the children and servants about these stories of ghosts walking up and down the halls of the house and told them that he would not tolerate their foolishness. The children had no other recourse than to try their best to ignore the sounds in hopes that their father and mother would hear them on their own. The very next night, nine loud knocks shook the walls of Samuel and Susanna's bedroom. By now, lending some credence to the children's story, Samuel believed it was someone coming into the house in order to frighten them. The next day, he bought a large dog to frighten off any unwanted invader. The following night, the same occurrences took place, and instead of the dog intimidating the intruder, it whined and hid behind the frightened children. Two nights later, the sounds were so loud and intense that Samuel and Susanna got out of bed to investigate. Mysterious crashing sounds echoed through the dark halls of the house. Metallic clinks seemed to fall in front of them. Swallowing their fear, they searched every room of the house and found nothing. Samuel called a family meeting to piece together what exactly was happening. There seemed to be a pattern as to what was taking place. These frightening events usually started around 10 p.m. The sounds would first be heard in the kitchen, and then they would quickly be heard upstairs, knocking at various bedroom doors, first at the foot of the door, and then at the top of the door. And from there, it would make any number of disturbing sounds throughout the night. One night, as Samuel was in his study, knocks began to sound at the nursery door, frightening the little children. Samuel yelled out, Why do you disturb innocent children? If you have something to say, come to me in my study. As if in response to his demand, a knock sounded on the door of his study that made him believe that the boards must have been shattered. 
Samuel believed that this was an obvious invasion of demonic forces into his home. He sent for a Mr. Hoyle, the vicar of Huxley, in hopes that he would offer some help. Mr. Hoyle led the evening prayer and devotions that night. And just like clockwork, the noises began. The demon presence was unimpressed with the pastor and went into the same frightening routine as other nights, a routine that caused the pastor of Huxley to run out of the house in terror. During this same time, Susanna remembered an old remedy that she had heard to rid a house of evil spirits. It called for a large trumpet to be sounded loudly in every room of the house to frighten away the evil spirit. The attempted exorcism was an utter failure. Now, the demon's antics would take place in the day as well as in the night. The children became so accustomed to this evil presence that they began to pay him no mind, even giving him the nickname of Old Jeffrey. But not long after the family had become accustomed to this strange phenomenon, they stopped. By late January of 1717, Old Jeffrey stopped making his presence known and has never been heard from in the house since. What took place in the Epworth Rectory has baffled scholars for almost 300 years. Some have concluded that the stories of what took place in the home over time have been largely embellished. Others believe that the whole thing was made up by a daughter, Hetty, who turned out to be somewhat of a black sheep of the family. But much of what took place was attested to by the letters and journal accounts of Samuel and Susanna and other family members that were there. What can be said and affirmed as fact is that there is more to this world than meets the eye. The Apostle Paul made it clear that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. There is a Satan whose intent is to lead people astray by whatever means he can, one that desires nothing more than the destruction of our lives, detouring them away from the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. He is one who looks to blind people with the pursuits, the pleasures, and even the preoccupations of this world. This plan was lost on the Wesley family. God used John Wesley to shake all of England with his powerful preaching, and his brother Charles has been used for centuries to echo the praises of God through the hymns that he penned, proving that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Forgotten is written and produced by me, Ronnie Brown. You can find out more about this show at ForgottenPodcast.com. I'm also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash ForgottenPodcast. I want to say a special thanks to all you faithful listeners and supporters. Without you, this podcast just simply would not exist. So thank you for listening.